Hello and welcome to Objective Health. I am your host, Doug, and with me are my co-hosts, uh, Elliot and Erica. Hello. And uh, in the background on the Wheels of Steel, as usual, the one and only Damien. Hello. So today we are going to be talking about diet dogmatism. And this kind of came up because we were talking about... Um, I'm uh, a member of a couple of different carnivore groups and other different types of groups on Facebook. And I had noticed that um, there seems to be kind of a dogmatic edge coming into the carnivore community. Um, maybe it isn't coming in, maybe it's been there for a while, but um, it just seemed like it, what really struck me is that a lot of these, I'll, I'll tell a story. Basically there was somebody who posted a, uh, a, a picture of, they had gone to a kebab shop and they got all a whole container full of just meat, but the meat had some sauce on it. And the person was posting going, oh, look at this. I got this, you know, it's all meat so I can eat out at this restaurant and stuff. And the number of comments on there, like going, like just bashing this guy for putting sauce on it. And, you know, a number of the comments on there too were kind of like, guys, take it easy. Like it's still, you know, that is like a 99% meat meal. It still was like, there's an edge to it where people are so they're, they're ready to attack anybody who kind of deviates a little bit from the rules. So I was just, I was just thinking these people sound like vegans basically. And, um, that kind of led us into a conversation and, and, uh, we were starting to kind of talk about diet dogmatism, which is what kind of led us to this show. But to start things off, I think we've got a little bit of uh, a PSA from uh, J.P. Sears that we wanted to, to play first. I advise everyone to eat the same diet. My nutritional philosophy is the perfect fit for all people because all people are the same. And when someone accidentally gets healthy eating a different diet than what I recommend, they're just wrong. What do indigenous Eskimos from Alaska who eat mostly whale and caribou meat have in common with indigenous Peruvians who eat mostly plants? Everything. They're exactly the same. Their natural environments are just wrong for supplying them with different foods. That's what they have in common. You know how all animals in nature basically eat the same thing? Yeah, it's natural. And that's what people should do. We should all eat according to what our unique body needs. Really? I think that's highly unlikely, highly illogical, a little bit offensive, and highly not good for my business of selling one diet plan to all people. <laughs> uh, JP's always got a good take on those kinds of things. But yeah, I think, um, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of the point. It seems like um, it, it's like these diets kind of get constructed around these rules. Um, and... Anybody who kind of deviates from those rules is considered like a heretic, essentially, you know, you're disobeying the rules. It's almost like the dietary dogma has been set down as like the word of God, the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not, etc. And anybody who kind of is, you know, it, it just kind of goes so counter to what it, it seems like we should be doing with our diets, where you should be kind of experimenting, seeing what works for you. What do you feel good on? What do you not feel good on? And it's just completely counter to the idea that there is a, a set of dogmatic rules that have to be followed no matter what. Yeah, indeed. 
Indeed. Um, I think, well, you tend to see this. I think we lost Elliot. Um, uh, did you lose me? We lost you for a second there. Oh, you said, sorry. You said yeah. you, sent, you tend to see this and then we lost everything after that. Yeah, you, you tend to see this in multiple different groups which follow different diets. And it seems to be, uh, it seems to be fairly common. And it, something that I've also noticed is it tends to be more pronounced at the extreme ends of mm-hmm. the diet spectrum. So the more extreme, the more restrictive, the more kind of... Um, yeah, I guess you would say the more restrictive the diet, the the more that this tends to rear its ugly head mm. in the idea that people believe that this is, I guess, I guess a lot of the time, the reason why someone is going on a highly restrictive diet is because they have the belief that that is necessary for them to become healthy. And in mm-hmm. some cases, it might be, mm-hmm. right? But then at the same time, when you have these kind of groups of highly restrictive dieters, you also tend to get individuals which I think float towards that. And um, it seems that there develops kind of a like a religious fervor mm-hmm. kind of thing that goes on. Um, and people, rather than acknowledging that their dietary choices are beneficial for them and likely can be used as a tool to improve health, it becomes more of an identity thing. Mm-hmm. So rather than someone kind of just following a diet because they want to become healthy, it rather becomes part of their identity. So they are not someone who follows the diet. They are, um, the diet is part of how they perceive themselves, how they want to be perceived to others. So an example of this is, for instance, um, if you go on Instagram, right? And you look at any of the kind of well-known vegan influencers, Mm -hmm. many of them will often have vegan in their description, Mm -hmm. right? It's just a very basic example. Vegan is part of their description and that is how they want to be identified by others. And as part of the veganism, there also comes a variety of other kind of characteristics that other vegans tend to display. And so this is what kind of makes up how they again, how they, how they want to be viewed by others and perhaps how they perceive themselves. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, it, kind, it seems as though it's a bit of a rocky road. It's quite dangerous because it can lead to a situation where people can become very rigid, very rigid in their approach to health, in their approach to supporting others to achieve health. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it becomes quite unhealthy mm-hmm. in many ways. Yeah. I also think that psychologically it is a control issue. And and I'm speaking from more the, the vegan vegetarian experience, like because I was a vegan years ago and vegetarian, and this whole idea that you're so in control of everything, like just food-wise, you know what I mean? And then pushing that on other people and judging and um, 
you know, virtue signaling and all that, like it becomes like you were saying, Ellie, it's like this whole identity, but it gets to be just almost neurotic in a crazy sense. Like, and I, and I feel like a lot of that is maybe people just don't have control over other parts of their life. So they feel like, well, if I can control everything I eat and, and I can have a, a stance on it, then, you know, maybe have a little bit of personal agency in the world. You know mm. what I mean? But I think that's a slippery slope because all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're sharing with everyone and then it becomes kind of, um, egotistical too, you know, like, well, you go to a party and, oh, well, I don't eat that. Or, you know, you didn't accommodate my dietary restrictions. You know what I'm saying? So I I agree with you both that it's really, it's, it's gotten to the point where, especially on social media, it's just bizarro world. It's like, what is going on? I mean, this is the whole, the whole vegan thing with now they hate on farming and there was just an article out about save the planet by destroying farming by what's his name, George Malbiot, you know what I mean? And he, he, um, he wants to eat lab grown meat and he wants to be a vatitarian, but he wants to get rid of farming. You know what I mean? And it's like, are you serious? Like that's your platform. (laughs) So I don't know. I think it speaks to a lot of people's mental state too. And obviously food affects your mental state, but I think Mm -hmm. there's just, it's just, like I said, it's it's bizarre where I don't even know what to think anymore. I just find it entertaining. I mean, there's people, I think in any of these groups and it, and it does, it includes, you know, vegans, carnivores, keto, like paleo, like all you, you have these kind of like authoritarian individuals in any of these groups. Um, and I think, you know, different groups maybe have a different ratio of authoritarianism. I, I would wager a guess that the vegans are probably the highest. But um, I think that you do have people in all these groups, too, who are a lot more reasonable. And they are kind of, you know, trying to solve health issues or, or something along those lines and and are kind of um, making their way, figuring things out. Um, they're like, okay, the carnivore thing seems to be working for me for now, but, you know, they might want to introduce uh, some plants at some point, maybe some fruit or something. I've seen some people who talk about they, they'll eat berries when they're in season and stuff like that. So I think it, it does, you know, we don't want to paint it as if you belong to, you know, if you're adhering to a diet, you're dogmatic, um, because I don't think that that's true. Um, it just seems to be that there is this kind of element and it is, I think, a wider um, aspect of human psychology. Um, that there are people out there who do when they get enthusiastic about something or just are interested in something, it does kind of become a part of the identity. And you especially see like the uglier side of it when it's like they form a group, right? So it's like, I'm a vegan and this person's a vegan. Therefore we're like brothers. We're like fellow acolytes. We like, we're, we're vegans together. And if anybody ends up leaving one of those groups, um, that's when you really see the ugliness of it. You know, yeah. um, all the smears, all the, um, you know, you were never really vegan, blah, 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 blah. Um, oh, you fail on the diet because you were doing it wrong, et cetera, et cetera. Like it's, it's, it is almost like a religious cult kind of thing where it's kind of like, you're, you're no longer one of us. Therefore, um, I hate you now. You're dead to me. That kind of thing. Yeah. And, and in, in many cases that, that kind of, um, I guess that dynamic that goes on 
is understood by many as kind of the uh, darker sides of veganism or, or something that typically shows up in these vegan kind of communities, but it, it doesn't serve people well for us to define it in that way, mm. you know, to refer, you know, I often see people kind of in conversation will say well, the way that they are referring to this kind of thing is I'll stop being like a vegan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas by doing that, it's, it's very much, opening up the possibility of missing it in ourselves and missing other forms of it. If it's not related to that particular topic, in this case, veganism, essentially, I I think that that really touched upon the the kind of main point here is that it's tapping into a very kind of primal aspect of human psychology, Mm -hmm. right? And, and, and it probably goes way beyond um, our cognitive uh, abilities, but rather um, have you lost me? Mm-mm. No, you're no? still there. No. Oh, okay, sorry. I thought my connection went. Yeah, I think it's 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 on a much more primitive kind of base level, um, probably related to our the primitive parts of our brains kind of thing. And it's like human beings tend toward tribalism, mm-hmm. right? And this can divide us essentially in any aspect of kind of life, especially these days. So there's so many kind of polarizing factors and it can be your... Uh, religious views. It can be your political views. It can be your views on any given topic. Um, And in this case, it applies just the same to diet and nutrition. Mm -hmm. And that actually when we fall into these tribal groups kind of thing, it can very much help to dehumanize anyone who doesn't fit into that group. And at the same time, it produces strange kind of, I guess you would say kind of, hierarchical dynamics or or weird dynamics that go inside the group. And it can really affect how we perceive one, what we're doing and in relation to the diet. So what we're eating, it can force people to kind of become very rigid in the way that they view things. And I think, although it's, I, I don't know if it would technically fall under the definition of an ideology, but I guess in many respects, it, can be likened to a kind of ideology in that people view the world through a particular lens and everything that they see can be explained through that lens. So in the context of health, any health condition or any kind of improvement in health or um, or worsening in health can be viewed through the lens of that particular dietary ideology and therefore all solutions are all all solutions provided kind of for said problem are based on that dietary ideology, if that makes sense. And let me give you an example. So for instance, someone is fruitarian and the way that they kind of perceive health is that human beings are fundamentally designed to only ingest fruit. And if they ingest anything else, they become acidic and they become unhealthy. So therefore they are perceiving everything through that kind of lens, whether it's based on a bunch of false information or not. And then if you go into these kind of weird fruitarian groups, then what you'll see is that when someone is displaying some kind of health problem, people will tell them that it's simply because they are not eating enough fruit or they have not done enough juicing or they are still detoxifying animal products. Yeah. Right. But then on the other side of the spectrum in the carnival groups, someone displays with a genuine health concern 
And yet they are met with the same kind of thing. People viewing it through the lens of that human beings are only designed to eat meat. And therefore, you, um, you know, it's because the, the, the person is experiencing the health problems simply because they added a condiment to their meat mm. or they're not eating enough fat or they're not eating enough meat or they should only be drinking water and not, you know, lemon water or so, something <laughs> absolutely silly like that. What The yeah. point that I'm trying to get across, I hope that this makes sense. The point I'm fundamentally trying to get across is that when we become married or wedded to these kind of ideological ways of viewing things, these rigid, almost religious ways uh, of, 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 of viewing our diet and our health, then we can potentially be doing a disservice to other people and ourselves yeah. that, you know, kind of um, we're not acknowledging the truth of this situation that people are different and there is not kind of one size that fits all. Mm-hmm. I see that in the, in the carnivore groups, especially their um, um, approach to supplementation. You know, they're really against, they, they firmly 100% believe that everything you could ever need will come from meat. And, you know, I think that at one time on the planet, that probably was true. You know, obviously there are cultures that only ate meat and they got everything they needed from their meat. But the idea that you should not um, try to solve any of your problems with supplements or even, you know, even medications to a certain point, you know, um, I think that there are always situations that will call for these sorts of things, you know, and, and to have somebody who is doing fine on the carnivore diet and cruising along, they've never had any kind of issues telling other people who are clearly having issues that they should not do supplements, that they should not go see a doctor, that they should not do this, should not do that is well dangerous for one thing, but it's just, it's so rigid and so like dogmatic that I think that, I mean, essentially, they're going to be turning people away because people are going to take a look at them and they're going to be like, oh, these guys are just meat vegans. Like this, this, it's just the, it's the same thing, only a different diet. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to be the case. And it's not just kind of, those are two very extremes, yeah. like two opposite ends, ends of the spectrum. And it seems to be that, okay, there's, there's a lot of rigid kind of mindsets that develop in any kind of dietary template as it happens, the more restrictive tends to be the more kind of religious, it seems. Mm-hmm. But actually, you have kind of in the keto world as well, you know, and if someone is not responding well to a ketogenic diet, then it's simply because they're doing it wrong. Yeah. Right. They, 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 must, they must be cheating on the diet. I mean, there mm-hmm. are clinics who treat people with this kind of diet. And if someone does not respond the way that they want them to respond, then they'll be told... The, 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 the patient will be told that they've been doing it incorrectly because their body should have responded differently. And so what we have, what it seems like is that people are, um, are missing out or, or are potentially given, being given advice, which is damaging their health, or they are following advice at the detriment to themselves mm-hmm. simply because they are... Um, I guess, wedded to this mindset or, 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 um, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a dangerous situation too, because, um, a lot of cases people are coming to these kinds of extremes because they are desperate. You know, they do, they need help. They're, they're not, um, their health is not good. Um, and they will look and see other people who are doing, apparently doing very well on these diets. So they try to emulate that kind of thing. 
And when they don't see the kind of results, not only are they, you know, um, that, like really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, disheartened, I guess, themselves. But, you know, a lot of times it seems like there's a lot of resistance too and that when they will post and say, hey, listen, I'm having some problems here. Um, what do you think? And they'll, a lot of times they'll get flack from other people because anybody who fails on that diet, that's a strike against the diet, which they have completely identified with. So mm-hmm. if anything that would, would slightly suggest that their diet isn't perfect, that it isn't for everyone, is met with hostility essentially. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a very difficult kind of situation to witness. Um, and it's important to kind of, um, identify in ourselves as well. It's like this, this tendency toward tribalism, it's like it's present in all human beings. I mean, it can manifest in some really horrible ways, right? Some terrible ways. If you look throughout history and it's like, I guess in every aspect of our life, it's important to try to identify where we are falling into these kind of, um, rigid views yeah um these polarizing uh we're becoming kind of hostage to these polarizing factors and 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 always trying to kind of uh reassess that reassess where we are where we stand on something and try to remain relatively um i won't say impartial Mm. because it's good to be opinionated about certain things Mm -hmm. but ultimately not to fall into these rigid mindsets um and i think you know, I've, I've been wondering about what is kind of the funda- one of the fundamental reason why why human beings do this, why why it's so easy for us to fall into these kind of um, rigid ideologies, I guess. And I, it's a really complicated question. I mean, I think Jordan Peterson would be able to explain it in mm. just the, the the best way, but. I think to some extent it's, it's, it's comfortable, right? It's, it's trying to find certainty in an uncertain world. Mm-hmm. Um, when there is so much that is uncertain, especially if someone has some real bad health condition um, and they are searching for answers, you know, these kind of, um, I guess you would say. Um, Ideologies. Yeah, these ideologies essentially are attractive. They're attractive because they they tick all the boxes. They can provide a solution for all of the problems when you when you um, kind of uh, adopt that way of looking at things. It can explain all of the problems. It can explain why you feel the way that you feel, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's no room for uncertainty. It can explain, you know, for instance. Um, I guess the carnival movement, I, the reason why I keep bringing this one up is because it seems to be kind of uh, really gaining traction at the moment. But there's many of the proponents which will have people believe that it is the one and only way because it is the one and only diet that human beings are designed to eat. Mm-hmm. And when, when, someone, when you hear that, I mean, that is a very attractive thing, right? And it's like, okay, it makes loads of sense. Um, but unfortunately, in the real world, it doesn't tend to work like that. Yeah, it's it's complex and it's nuanced, and people respond in different ways. Um, and I guess that is uncomfortable. That's kind of that's you know that's chaos. That's mm-hmm. um, it's uncertainty, and and I guess human beings tend to shy away from that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think you have a very good point there. Mm-hmm. It reminded me actually when you were talking that um, you know I was thinking like we all have to kind of be like 
the ideal scientist, um, which, you know, I think even most scientists don't actually adhere to this very well, but not to remain wedded to any um, theory, any hypothesis, any idea. You know, the idea of science is that it will always remain open. There is no such thing as settled science. It's like you, any theory that you have has to always be, um, you have to be ready to throw it away if contradictory evidence comes along. And we have to kind of maintain that ourselves with our diets, with our political opinions, with everything. You know, you can't be completely wedded to any one thing because the truth isn't going to be in any one thing. I don't think we have the ability to actually perceive the truth as it is. So we always can get closer, but only if we don't get completely identified with where we are right now. And I think in the diet, it's the same kind of thing. You've got to kind of maintain an open mind, be open to new information, see how other people are doing it. If they're doing it differently, that doesn't mean they're out of the group. That means, well, let's see. Let's see how they do. It's really that idea that everybody is different. And mm -hmm. what works for you or Elliot may not work for me and to be open to that possibility instead of holding this belief system that's going to continue to drive you down this road that may result in your negative health. You know, I mean, I'll never forget reading the book uh, by Lear Keith, you know, the vegetarian myth. I mean, I was a vegetarian. I read that book. After that, I was no longer a vegetarian. You know what I mean? It really, it was one of those kind of real eye-opening aspects of learning something and then actually applying the knowledge to your life and being like, well, you know, everybody I know is a vegetarian, all my friends, you know, what are they going to think? And well, it, it, you know, it wasn't working out. So it's like, let's try a new strategy. Let's try a new experiment. Let's see how this works. And, um, you know, again, everyone's different. Yeah. Well, is there anything else we wanted to talk about on that topic? I feel like we. No, uh, I think I think I think people should should really you know observe their own ways that they feel and you know we've talked in the past about having a journal a food journal and what what doesn't make you feel well and what does and you know try and stay off the social media stuff about yeah. like maybe I should you know because I, I really see this with the vegan thing now it's just so like it's just everywhere and you're like gosh this hasn't died yet I mean I feel like we were doing shows about a year ago about this and it's still <laughs> it's almost like a, you know a new movie comes out or some new thing and all of a sudden everyone's like oh well maybe we should be plant-based and it just keeps circling around again and again and uh that doesn't mean things have gotten better it just means it's coming around again to try and swoop more people up in the process i don't know <laughs> yeah maybe you know i have to give credit to um sean baker i saw a tweet from him at least i'm almost positive i saw it from him Although I was trying to, I was looking for it today before the show and I couldn't actually find it. But he said something along the lines of like, guys, take it easy. Stop call, trying to call out people who aren't doing carnivore the way that you think it should be done. He's like, if somebody is eating like 80% meat, they're there. Okay. So just drop it. They're with us. You know, stop yelling at people for putting a little bit of ketchup on their steak or something. 
Anyway, I think that's our show for this week. Um, thanks very much for joining us, everybody. Thanks to the hosts. Thanks to Damien. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe. Um, if you enjoy our content, we do one of these every week. And um, share the video, too, if you feel so inclined. And we will talk to you next week, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.